You may be seated. Oh, hallelujah. We were just getting warmed up, too. I mean, at first there, I, I had to check myself. I had to see if I was at, at uh, Daggett Gilbert Funeral, home at a funeral or something, for crying out loud. It's like, what is going on here, man? This place is dead. Excuse the pun. Amen. But we livened up a little bit. Thank God for His Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you have your Bibles, open them up to John chapter 7. John chapter 7. Hallelujah. There's a little free advertisement for the funeral home, huh? Hallelujah. John 7, 37 through 39, I want to start off reading. Hallelujah. How many here want the fire of the Holy Ghost? How many of you want the anointing on your life? How many of you are hungry? How many of you are thirsty for it? How many of you have no clue what I'm talking about? (laughs) Hallelujah. That's all right. You're in the good place. Hallelujah. All right, John 7, 37 through 39. said, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, Let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, or King James says, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, or the Holy Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, turn over to Isaiah 12. Hallelujah. We're just getting warmed up this morning. Hallelujah. Isaiah 12, 1 through 6. It says, And in that day you will say, O Lord, I will praise you. Though you were angry with me, your anger is turned away, and you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yahweh... The Lord is my strength and song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And in that day, you will say, praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his deeds among the peoples. Make mention that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord. For he has done excellent things. Oh, but don't get too emotional in church now. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, O inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in your midst. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. He said in verse 1, And in that day you will say, O Lord, I will praise you. Though you were angry, angry with me, your anger is turned away and you will comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. If you are born again, if you made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, you are in that day that Isaiah 12 is talking about. See, Isaiah is in the Old Testament. It was before Christ came and died on, this, on the cross and was in the grave and rose again. But this side of the cross, this side of the resurrection, and you made Jesus Lord of your life, you're in that day. 
That day is not just somewhere out there in the by and by. That day is right now. Jesus, the Messiah, the chosen one of God, is alive and well. And salvation is available to every individual on the face of this earth. Every individual. Salvation is called the all-inclusive word. It implies healing, deliverance, protection, preservation, new life, and the list goes on and on. See, so many people think of salvation, I said this many times before, so many people think of salvation as, oh boy, when I take my last breath and I live in heaven, that's, just, that's my salvation. No, salvation begins the moment you're born again. Yes, you're going to go to heaven when you die from this earth, when you pass away from this earth, but that's not all of the benefits. There's more. There's more. You see, in Christ, God's anger is turned away from you. Through Christ, there is comfort. Through Christ, we are able to feel the sweet embrace of the Holy Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Now look at verse 2. Behold, God is my salvation. God is my salvation. Everything you and I need is found in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. Jesus is second to none. He is not second to anything. He's not second to anybody on the face of this earth. In heaven and earth, second to none. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We need to exalt him. Acts 4.12 says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. It's only through Jesus Christ. That's it. Case closed. It's not a statue. It's not another, another individual who's dressed up all nice on Sunday. It's through Jesus Christ in him alone. That's it. Verse 2 goes on to say, he said, I will trust and not be afraid. Do you know what tips the scales of whether you're going to trust God or be tormented by fear? Your will. It says, I will trust God. It's your choice. You're going to determine whether you're going to be tipped by fear or you're going to trust God. It says, I will. It's an act of your will. Who you've been tuning into, who you've been listening to, what are your eyes on today? What have they been on this week? Amen? Now look at Isaiah 26, 3. I want to show you something here. Isaiah 26, 3 says, you will keep him, or that individual, in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. It comes down to your thought life. Are, are, are your, is your thought life running wild? Are you filled with stress, anxiety, fear? Check your thought life. Get your mind back on the word of God, on the promises of God. Amen? You see, God is looking for those who will only believe what he has spoken. It's that simple. You know, we can break it down to formulas or whatever, blah, 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 blah. It all comes down, do you trust what he said or not? It's what it comes down to. If you believe it, you'll do it. If you read it, you don't believe it, you don't do it. Amen? If I told you to meet me down at McDonald's, I'm, I'm going to give you a, a million dollar check. If you believe me, you're going to meet me there, aren't you? 
If you don't, you're not going to waste your time. Faith without works is dead. Now verse 3, therefore with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. When you get born again, when you got born again, if you are a Christian now, and the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of you, your spirit man becomes a well full of living water. The Bible calls it the wells of salvation. The wells of salvation. Meaning that the blessings of salvation are now available to you and I through Christ Jesus. And it's more than just going to heaven one day. Amen? It's more than just going to heaven. You missed it. You missed what the book has to say, that God wants you to live an abundant life on this earth. So what do you, many Christians, they just pass up all the benefits of the earth, and they're just saying, oh, until I get to heaven, oh, until I, oh, I might die of cancer one day, oh, but I'm going to be in it. No, no. God has a bigger plan for you on this earth than that. Amen. And by the way, God does not give anyone cancer. God does not give anyone sickness and disease. Amen. Christ took care of the sin problem and sickness and disease problem on the cross. Come to one of our healing meetings and find out more. Or just get into the book and find out for yourself. Amen. Many don't, so you got to come to a meeting. Amen. Now, but many Christians never tap into that well of living water. Instead of living water, religion and meaningless tradition and dead works have stopped the flow of the river. Yeah, they know the message. They know about the cross. They know about Jesus. Yeah, they, 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 you know, they, they said the sinner's prayer. But that's it. That's it. And then somehow when they first got born again, when they first got saved, they were on fire for the Lord. Man, they'd be running to every person with a flame behind them, the fire of the Holy Ghost. But then, then all of a sudden they start to get cold. They, they start to back away a little bit more. They start... Uh, Maybe someone, some mature Christian comes up and says, just pace yourself. You know, you're, you're getting a little too, little too emotional about this religion stuff. All right. So then they back away. They back away and the fire begins to go out. The river that was once there is damned and it's not flowing any longer. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You see, many wells have been capped off because of sin in their life, religious traditions that make the word of God no effect in their life. But the Bible says, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Well, after you draw out of it, you need to take a drink. You need to partake of those promises. Amen? Listen to this. Joy, just chew on this a little bit. I know I'm going to say some things here and it might at first go over your head or just, just think about it. Take it home with you today. Listen, joy in the life of a Christian is the very thing that will draw that water or, or the blessings out. All right? No joy in your life as a Christian. No water is being drawn out of the well. The Bible says, and Sharon alluded to it in that word today, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Why? What does that mean? It says here that we can draw blessings out of the well of salvation through Christ. We can draw blessings with joy out. Amen? But what does it mean that the joy of the Lord is your strength? 
Because with that joy, you're able to tap into the promises. Basically, when you have joy, you have faith. If you truly believe the promises of God and how wonderful they are, if you truly believe them, you're going to have joy over them. And you're going to want more of the benefits because you trust God so much, you're going to want to partake of the benefits. If you don't believe it, there's not going to be any joy there. Then, then you're just up against what Satan, evil spirits, and natural circumstances bring your way in life. That's it. That's why there's so many weak, powerless, and if you will, dehydrated Christians. There is no joy in them to draw the water out of the well to drink. So they dry up spiritually. They dry up spiritually. So many Christians look like they've been baptized in lemon juice. I'm serious. Not sprinkled, by the way. Baptized, immersed in lemon juice. For crying out loud, why would anyone want what you have? Would you like to receive Jesus? No? Give me a break. Come on. The world's just going to say, no, I'm going to go party. <laughs> Amen? But what they don't know is that Christian is not partaking of the living waters. There's absolutely no joy, yet they're trying to lead people to Christ. Give me a break. Or most of the time, those Christians don't even bother witnessing to other people, though. Right? Some do, and they fall flat on their face. But the joy of the Lord is our strength. Many are afraid to show any kind of emotion over Jesus in church, in, at their job, their workplace. They're afraid to show any kind of emotion, maybe because of the church that they grew up in, denomination they grew up in, whatever their background, whatever the case may be. But I'll tell you right now, when you have an encounter with a holy God, with the presence of God, it will blow your religious mindsets that are against the word into outer space. It'll blow it away. I wish I could fly all you guys to a Rodney Howard Brown meeting. I'm telling you what. He is right on. Religion and tradition is one of the biggest tools that Satan is using on this earth to keep people away from the truth of the word. But when you have an encounter with the presence of God, it will rip every bit of religious trash that you are bound up and constipated with. Come on, come on. Where's that mirror at? Did, did they just hear what I said? Yeah, I'm the shock jock behind the pulpit in Big Rapids, all right? They are. Many, many Christians are bound up, man, constipated with religion. Many Christians need a spiritual enema. Because of the spiritual trash they're eating. I'm serious now. Now just follow me. I'm serious. And I'm on a mission to give this area a religious enema. Now listen, it's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. <laughs> Amen. It is. Come on. I'm serious. It's a dirty job. But doggone it, there's a lot of sick Christians out there. Where's the joy? Where's the excitement? Oh, 
I'm telling you. At the, at the conference in Jacksonville, Rodney Howard Brown, at one part of the service, he, he came over to the section where us pastors were sitting, and he, he said, he goes, he goes, he looked at us real serious, and he said, do, do you ever just look out when you're standing behind the pulpit and wonder, what are the people here for? He, he goes, what are they even here for? You know, I mean, because it's, it's so dead. Some, what, what, what are you even here for? <laughs> Everyone just starts busting out laughing. You know, some fall asleep. So, don't pay attention. Why are they even there? They're not even taking hold of anything in the service. What are they even there for? I think we all should think about that. We all should answer that question. Why do we go to church on Sunday? Why do we go to church on Wednesdays? Why do we even show up? What's the point? Like I said, if we're just here to play religion, I'd rather be at home with my fat pants on watching reruns of Gilligan's Island. Huh? Come on. I'm tired of dead religion. I want the power of God. I want the fire of God on me. I want the fire of God in this area. Amen? I'm telling you. And it's going to hit. We got the word of the Lord on it. But now we got to do our parts. We got to seek the Lord with all of our hearts. I'm serious. We can thwart the move of God. We can thwart it. But I want it, don't you? Hallelujah. So why are we here at church? Is it because mom and dad made you come? Is it just to appease your conscience to say that you showed up? Or because you truly are hungry and thirsty for an encounter with the Holy Spirit that will change your life? Are you hearing me? Every time we come to a service and we gather together to hear the word of the Lord, we should leave this place different. Different than we came. And if we didn't, it's our fault. Because the presence of God is in this place. Amen? Amen. Rodney Howard Brown, he was also talking about how hard it is to get a move of God started in a church. Because he said out of a, out of a two-hour service, it takes about an hour, hour and a half sometimes to, to get the junk to fall off the people. They come in with such heaviness. <laughs> come on, I'm serious. He goes, he goes, you know, he goes, I just come in there, I want to praise God. But he goes, we gotta, then you got to spray some Christians off, all the junk they have on them, you know. By the time you, you, you're done with the service, you're just entering in. You, some people are like, why do you sing so many songs? For crying out loud, it's 1130. We're, we're trying to bring you through a spiritual car wash. <laughs> Amen. I'm serious. After your enema. <laughs> a spiritual shower after your enema. It's just dirty. Just dirty job. I'm serious. Right? Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! It's okay to have fun in church. It's okay to laugh. Go ahead. Come on. I, I, I can't. Just laugh. <laughs> it's great. There is. Seriously, there, there's a bunch of rubbish. There's a bunch of dung in the body of Christ. Seriously. <laughs> it's just, it's the truth. It's ridiculous. Hallelujah. <laughs> you see, Christians <laughs> should come to a service prayed up. They should be studying the Word of God, reading the Word of God every day of the week. Come on. They should come to the service ready, prayed up. Man, they're just ready to praise God. They're ready to hear what the Lord has to speak to them. But they don't. They come in, they're dragging. They can hardly walk because their stomach hurts so bad because they're constipated. 
I, you're like, come on, Pastor James, get off of that. Uh, anyone in here constipated, I'll lay hands on you right now. We'll loose that in Jesus' name. No, I'm serious. Hallelujah. See, just like any other relationship that you will have on this earth, you get out of it what you put into it. Husbands, wives, you know what I'm talking about. If you want to walk in the benefits of the word of God, you will invest time in the word and believe what you read and not mask it with your denominational twist that voids the power of it in your life. Woo! That was a long sentence, wasn't it? Should have added a comma in here. You'll, re you'll believe what you read. You will believe what you read. You won't change it. Some people you can go up to, well, well, what do you believe on this topic? And they pull out their Psalter hymnal. Remember that? The church I went to the, in the Psalter hymnal right in the back. Boy, they had the Heidelberg Catechism. The, they had what the denomination believed. What do you believe on that? Well, hold on. Let me, turn to, let, me, let me turn to this here. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on now. All right. Glory to God. Our denomination believes this. I said, I don't care what your denomination says. What does the word say about it? What does the word say about it? Because there's one truth, not many truths. So if someone has different opinions on one topic, there's one truth. That must mean we have to go into the word and study it for ourselves to find out who's right and who's wrong. But you know what? Because of pride, they rather just stick to what they think. And it voids the power of God in their life. Amen? It's tight, but it's right. Hallelujah. Like I said, if you have faith in the word of God, you will do and believe what it says. That's why the Bible said in James 2 that faith without works is dead. Don't say that you love God on Sunday and then ignore him the rest of the week. Where is the hunger? Where is the passion for his presence? Where is the desire to see souls saved? Where, come on, here's one that's been lost. Where's the desire to see people get the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Come on, it's almost getting extinct in the body of Christ. When it's in the Word, amen. We're not going to let the, that fire go out. As long as I'm behind this pulpit, as long as I'm breathing on this earth, I'm going to proclaim the truth of the Word of God. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. See, it is God's desire for his fire, his anointing to be poured out on every Christian. It's his desire that we walk in the fullness of everything that he has for us. But now, he needs your help. Is it your desire? Does your desire line up with his desire? Where are the Christians that it will allow the fire of God to burn away the impurities in their life? What do I mean by that? When the anointing comes upon you, when the Holy Spirit's trying to show you something that's not right, something that's hindering your walk with him, and the Holy Spirit's just tugging on your heart saying, please, change this, repent, get right with me, because I want to bless you. I want my presence to be, I want to comfort you, but I can't, because you're holding on to the sin in your life. He's saying, just let it go. See, the attitude of I'm all right and you're all right is a spiritual disease in the body of Christ. You know, if we truly love someone, we're going to go to that individual. 
We're going to go to that individual, and, and if we see something in a brother or a sister, deal with yourself first. But it's okay. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead you to a brother and sister in the Lord and say, look, you really need to get something straightened out in your life. And when it gets to that point, that means that you've been hardening your heart and not just listening to the Holy Spirit. Now he's got to raise up a person physically to come and tell you, you're wrong, do something. We must allow the Holy Spirit to change us and lead us in the way we are to go in our lives. It's a must. If we want the power of God in our lives, we got to make some changes because we have not arrived. Amen? With joy, that scripture says, with joy you will draw water out of the wells of salvation. Like I said, joy is a fruit of believing God. Joy is a fruit of true faith. Joy and faith are twins. Joy and faith are twins. Show me a person that truly has let go of his or her burdens and has given them to the Lord in prayer and are drawing strength from the promises of the Bible, and I'll show you a Christian that's full of joy. Show me a weak Christian that has no clue what the Bible says and who are getting overtaken in the circumstances of the world, and I'll show you a Christian who's depressed. I'm serious. It's just a universal thing. You plug your finger in a light socket, you're going to get poked. Show me, show me, just bring a Christian who's depressed, and I'll say, okay, you you have a faith problem and believe in what God said. I'm serious. I'm serious. How else could Paul and Silas sit in a prison cell praising God? It was their faith that carried them through the trials of life. They were drawing water out of the wells of salvation. See, joy, true biblical joy is not based on your circumstances. Happiness is. Oh, I'm happy because I got a new car. That's a, you're happy because of that new car. But biblical joy means that whatever you're going through, you're going to be joyful through whatever it is. You're going to have peace through the storm. You're going to have peace through the storm. Rodney Howard Brown was saying that in London, England, a doctor actually did a, a study he was actually, this doctor was trying to make joyfulness a disorder. And his reasoning was, is because it's not common. He, but he came to this conclusion. He said, we can't, I, I guess we, we can't call it a disorder. We can't officially take it as that, although I would like to, he said. But we can't because people would not go to the doctor to get treated for over, over joyfulness. How stupid. I, just, I mean, can you see Chris? <laughs> oh, oh, my wife just left me. <laughs> you know, doctor, give me something for my joy. Give me a break. I mean, it's just, you guys thought I was serious. <laughs> All right, go to Acts 19. Hallelujah. Acts 19. Hallelujah. Are you getting anything out of this today? Good, thank you, three of you. Now, um, Acts 19, and I want to read verses 1 through 10 here. We're, we're plowing our way through, all right? Probably not going to beat the Baptist to the buffet line today, but that's okay. Amen. <laughs> Go ahead and laugh. That was a joke, by the way. Well, maybe it wasn't a joke. It's probably serious. Okay, some are crying out there, I see. God bless you. Okay, Acts 19, 1 through 10. Listen, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth 
that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. He found some believers there. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to, those, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, hmm, separate experience. Interesting. The Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all, so 12 people got rewater baptized and baptized in the Holy Ghost. And he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuade, persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But, but when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew the disciples' reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. And this continued for two years so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word that Lord Jesus and the Jews... Jews and Greeks. Now listen, so these, these, these believers here, all right, they, Paul said, have you received the Holy Spirit? Obviously there's something that Paul saying, you know, you can tell believers who haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I can tell. You know, there, there's just deadness on them, man. It's like, what in the world? Come on, let's liven up a little bit. But, so he comes up to them, these 12 people, and he says, have you received the Holy Spirit since Say since. Since you believe. In other words, you receive Jesus. And since you believe. After. Right after you gave your heart to Jesus. Have you received the Holy Spirit? They said, we haven't heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Isn't that sad? I'll tell you right now. We have too many Christians that are saying the same thing as these believers in Ephesus. We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Some think that, that the Holy Spirit is just a title used in water baptism. I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. No, no, he's much more than that. Now, I want you to notice, Paul rewater baptized them in the name of the Lord Jesus. He laid his hand on them to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then it said they spoke with tongues and prophesied. There was an outward manifestation when they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. And then it goes on to say, when some were hardened and did not believe. Let me tell you this. When there's a move of God, you're also going to have a crowd that's hardened against the moving of the Spirit of God. When the fire hits, the cockroaches run. Are you hearing me? When there's a move of God, well, I, I, I don't like that. I don't like the way he looks. Blah, 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 blah. Listen to me. We need to grow up in the body of Christ. We need to grow up. Amen? The Holy Spirit baptism, the moving of the Holy Spirit in the services with the gifts in operation, tongues in operation, it should be a normal occurrence in our midst. It shouldn't be a rare thing. It should be expected. What well, this is what it gets down to. We got to ask ourselves, why are we here? 
Some come thinking they're at Jesus' funeral or something. Well, I got news for you. Jesus is alive and well. He is the baptizer, the one who wants to baptize you in the Holy Ghost. Oh, my. Why else are we here? Just to punch a religious time clock? Put our time in. See you next week. The goal is to touch. <laughs> the goal is to touch and to change lives for the kingdom of God. And the only way that's going to happen is when we allow the Holy Spirit to move in our midst. The Bible says, don't forbid the speaking in tongues. Don't forbid it. So then why do you got a problem with it? Much of the body of Christ as a whole around the world have neglected the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So what is the result of that? People come into our services and the anointing of the Holy Spirit begins to fall. Boy, people are getting joyful, blessed. The gifts are in operation. And then people get scared off. It ain't right. You know why? Because the devil has done a wonderful job of making the baptism of the Holy Spirit so rare in the body of Christ. Because ministers aren't, aren't getting into the Word, studying what the Word says, and proclaiming the truth. So you, you got a, a, a person who comes in here, and boy, things are happening, and man, they're off. They're, they're never going to come in again when this is the very atmosphere that they need to pull them out of their pit in life, to pull them out of the religious trap that Satan has them bound in. Amen? So they get scared off. Oh, I don't want that. That's just emotionalism. Well, I'll tell you right now, when the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead comes upon you, you're not going to be able to stand still. You're not going to be able to keep quiet. I'm telling you right now. You won't. I, what do you want me to say? I, I, I'm sorry I let the Holy Spirit out of his box. <laughs> sorry, let me, let me go catch him. Here, Holy Spirit, thank you. <laughs> Someone's getting a revelation. Now don't come out until I let you out. I'm serious. It looks stupid, but really that's what a lot of people do in the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. <laughs> uh. I mean, I'm really sorry. Uh, Ma'am, sir, I'm sorry that people are laughing around you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was expecting a funeral service today, but I don't know what happened. These people are making me look bad. They're making Revival Christian Center look bad. Forgive me. <sighs> Let's just play church, okay? Give me a break. Yet, it's perfectly okay for people to jump up and down at a football game. You know, Jesus deserves that and more. Oh, it's okay. It's, isn't it refreshing to be in a church and actually laugh? It's okay. It's okay. Show those whiteies. Come on, let me have them. <laughs> Blind me with it. Come on. It's all right. It, it's great. 
The joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, I, I don't know. Say that. Say, the joy, the joy of, the Lord of the Lord is my strength. Is my strength. The joy of the Lord. So, obviously, the Lord must be joyful. The joy of who? If you said the joy of James, that means I have joy. We said the joy of the? He, he must not be against us having joy. Well, he does. Amen. So where did people pick up this religious trash? Are you hearing me? Where, where do they get it from? It's okay to shout in the middle of our services while I'm preaching or in song service. It's okay, it's okay to cry when you sense the presence of God falling on you. It's okay. It's all right. You're in a safe place. It's okay to laugh in the services. I, I, I don't care. <laughs> Laughter is like a medicine, the Bible says. <laughs> laugh, it might do you some good. <laughs> Just let it go. Loose those endorphins. <laughs> and Rodney Howard Brown pointed a, a real deep truth out. Hallelujah starts off with ha ha. <laughs> he got it. He got it. Ha. Ha ha. Hallelujah. <laughs> Just open yourself up to the Holy Spirit. Be vulnerable to him. Drop the walls. Drop the religious pride that you walked in with today. Just drop it. Be vulnerable to him. He wants to touch you. He wants to meet you where you're at. He's not mad at you. He wants to bless you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go to Acts 4.29. Are you ready to go home? Good. Because I'm not done yet. All right. Uh, hallelujah. We're pressing toward the mark. Glory to God. That, that, the conference was just refreshing. I feel like I took something back. I, I really feel there's something. I, there's a new season starting for us, for this area. I, I really feel it. Hallelujah. Glory. Acts 4, 29 through 31. It said, now, first off, the disciples got threatened. They, you know, hey, we're going to kill you, the Pharisees said, and all the religious people said, we're going to kill you if you speak in the name of Jesus, okay? You're, you're hurting our denomination. Huh? They said, you're hurting our system of religious rights and all this stuff, all right, it, because you're talking about Jesus. It's just... Just ripping everything up. And so the Pharisees and these religious people uh, are saying they're going to murder uh, someone. Isn't that something? That's interesting, isn't it? Religious people saying that they're going to murder them for talking in the name of Jesus. All right. Now, <clears throat> it says, now look, now Lord, look on, on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. By stretching out your hand to heal. Oh, healing must be the will of God. And that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Signs and wonders must be the will of God then. Boy, sounds like God wants to reveal and manifest his power in our midst, doesn't it? This is Bible, people. This is Bible. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. You know... God will never turn away a prayer that's filled with faith and in line with his word. He will never. 
You come to him with a hungry heart, he's going to fill it. He's going to meet you there. He is going to meet you there. Now, when you pray in line with the word of God, you can pray with faith. You can pray with confidence. And that produces boldness in your life. Now, uh, Matthew 21, I'm kind of taking a rabbit trail, and I'm almost done here, so just bear with me. Someone needed to hear this. Like I said, whenever there's a rabbit trail, someone here needs to take it, all right? Someone here needs to take it. I, I just, it happened to me too many times in and, and confirmation. You were supposed to say that, all right. So take hold of it, whoever this is. Matthew 21, 22 says, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. So why is it so important to know the Word of God for your prayer life? Why is it so important to be led by the Holy Spirit and receive revelation from Him concerning the will of God for your life? Go to 1 John 5. Quickly, I want to show you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Calm down, Holy Spirit. We'll let you out in a little bit here. All right, 1 John 14 through 15. It says, now this is the confidence. Say confidence. confidence. That we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Why is it so important to know the word of God? Because the word of God is the will of God how many of you have have prayed and you don't know if if you're going to get you're just you have a blindfold on and you're just throwing darts in the dark but you're just hoping you hit man I just hope I hit that dartboard at least oh my I hope I don't hit the cat you know but how many of you you prayed and there's absolutely no confidence there's absolutely no boldness because heck you don't even know if what you're praying is going to happen or not you don't even know But God says we can have confidence when we pray. We can know that he hears our prayer. We can know it. How? By praying in line with Scripture. Find out what the promises of God are and go to God and say, God, you promise. If you need healing, say, God, you say that by Jesus' stripes I was healed. Father, healing belongs to me in the name of Jesus. Well, I just loosed your healing power in me. Are you hearing me? We can know. We can know that our prayers are going to be answered. We can know it. So not, no more of this dart stuff in the dark. Amen? You're going to hurt somebody. Hallelujah. Now, lastly, here, Mark 5. Uh, I know I'm running your ragged on the word, but I'm, gl- I'm glad to do that. All right? Mark 5, 35 through 42, real quick here. I just want to point something out. Just give you some food for thought on something. While he was still speaking, some came from the, uh, from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid. Only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept. And wailed loudly that she was dead. And when he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion? Why weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed Jesus, him, Jesus. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumai, uh, which is translated, Little girl, I say to you, arise. See, 
Jesus messed up funerals. Jesus messed up funerals. Because he would bring them back to life. Come on. Amen? Immediately the girl, that's not the point I wanted to make. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age. And they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should say it, blah, blah, blah. Now listen. Let me ask you this. Or let me say this rather. Jesus, when he was called in to pray over that girl, he said he took no one except, let me find it here, except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. He allowed three people and then the parents in. My question is this. If Jesus Christ were to walk in this place in the flesh and he wanted to put a miracle service on, would he ask you to leave the room because of your unbelief? Or would he let you stay because you trust and, and believe what he said? Think about it. If he walked in right now and I said, introducing Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hi, he comes in. And he comes up and he says, okay, you're going to have to leave, you're going to you're gonna have to leave, you're going to have to leave, you're going to have to leave, you're, you would hinder what I'm going to do. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Would he ask you to leave or would you be part of his ministry team? Some Christians don't have enough faith to move an anthill. Amen? Hallelujah. And I want to close on this one here, John 11. Someone's going to have to get the tape of this. I'm just, I mean, I'm giving too much meat here, and you guys are probably starting to, your blood sugar is going wild because you're hungry, I know. I've been there. Hallelujah. I'm getting there. John 11, 38 <laughs> through 40. Oh, hallelujah. When the anointing's on me, I can go, 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 all right? But when the anointing passes, look out. Liz, what are we eating today? Hallelujah. John 11, 38 through 40 says, Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb of Lazarus. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench. For he has been dead four days. Yeah. Jesus said to her, I, I could preach on that, but another time. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, lying, lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. If we would press in and seek the Lord with all of our hearts and believe we in big rapids we in this area are going to see the glory of God poured out like never before Amen. only believe the fire 
and manifest glory of God is about to rock this area. Do you want to partake of it? Or do you want to be like those on the day of Pentecost that just sat back and made fun of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit? You need to believe that God has more for your life. That it's not about religious traditions, it's about relationship. It's about experiencing his life-changing presence. Personally. Personally. With God, all things are possible. Jesus said in Mark 9, 23, he said, If you can believe, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So draw out of the wells of salvation with joy, with faith in the word of God. And we need to be on a mission. I'm talking to all of us, spirit-filled Christians. Lazarus was raised from the dead, wasn't he? He walked out of the tomb, but he still had the grave clothes, clothes on. We got a lot of Christians, they're born again, yeah, but they're walking around with grave clothes on. And we, who have the fire of the Holy Ghost, need to go and take them off. We need to loose them and let them go. Amen? Amen. Let's stand in this place. Woo! Oh, yeah, yeah. Go to work, Holy Ghost. Lift your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost, move. Move in power in this place. Touch, close your eyes right now. Just close your eyes. Keep your hands lifted. Right now, just close them. Oh, right now, just say, Holy Spirit, let your fire fall on me. I'm tired of playing religious games. I want an experience with you. Now, maybe there's someone in this place. You have never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. Friend, if you were to die right now, you're walking that tightrope, and if you were to die right now without making Jesus Lord of your life, you fall on the side of hell. And that's it. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die physically, and then the judgment. If you were to die right now, if you took your last breath, you fell dead right here in this place, where would you go? Do you know that you know that you know that you would go to be in heaven for eternity? If not, I want you to come to this altar right now. That goes for unsaved people who you know you're a dirty sinner. You know you're filthy. You know it. You don't hide it one bit. I'm talking about the other ones. Yeah, you think you're saved. You said the sinner's prayer. I I hope I'm saved if I do enough good works. No, it's not about you. It's about Jesus. And if you don't know that you would go to heaven if you were to die right now, I want you to come to this altar and I just want to pray with you. Let's just settle it right now. Quit letting the devil play mind games with you. Just settle it right now now come forward go ahead it's okay no one cares in here you're in a safe place we're all family amen this church is it's a safe place just take that step some of you are feeling the nudging of the holy ghost on the inside you need to obey that you need to obey that and you need to come forward maybe there's someone in here you you're christian but it's boring to you there's no fire at all 
that river's been dammed up and you never received the Holy Spirit baptism. Never. You never received the Holy Spirit baptism like what I spoke out, out of Acts 19. If you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, you need to. Because you're hindering the kingdom of God from being moved forward. You're hindering yourself from enjoying all the benefits that God has for you. I want you to come forward today. And I want to lay hands on you. That the fire of the Holy Ghost would just fill you all over. Maybe there's someone in here. You need a physical healing. You need an emotional healing. Maybe you have uh, have a chemical problem in your, in your brain. Whatever. I don't care what it is. You have some kind of infirmity. I want you to come to this altar right now. Any of those things, you need to step out. Today is your day. I believe that God's going to meet you in a mighty way for those who step out. Extra.
hearts cry And my prayer for this life
Nothing is impossible for our God. Nothing is impossible when we apply the name of Jesus to our situation. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come back Wednesday. The kids, are, the youth are going to be doing the, uh, doing the play. And then next Wednesday, we're going to continue with Rodney Howard Brown's series on knowing the person of the Holy Spirit. After meeting him, talking to him personally, being ministered by him, you're selling yourself short if you're not coming on Wednesday nights. Trust me. That's a word from the Lord. Visitors, thanks for coming. Hopefully we didn't scare you too much. Come back a second time. You're not a visitor anymore. Amen? Listen to the radio. Tell your friends about the radio broadcast. It's still fi- We got it refired. It's amazing. I go down to Jacksonville, start the radio broadcast. The Holy Ghost says, start the broadcast now. Go to Jacksonville. We get this word. Big things. Big things are going to be loosed. Amen? Oh, I'm excited. Go out. Training center students, come back. Bring your hearing ears tonight. Amen? Hallelujah. Go ahead and you can request a free CD in the back on the table. Keeps pouring.